cut to the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? You're drowning and I throw you a life jacket. Would you grab it? Yes. Good. Pick up 200 shares. I won't let you down. Pay Pay that man his money. Ask them how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they going to say? No? I don't want to see those returns. Where's the money, Lebowski? You're going to make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive. Learn how to push. Show them a 3% return. I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know this. That's it. I'm done. One more back Station Jackson. Tomorrow, Eliani on the board. S&P futures uh, up, up, 30. As it features 81. I'm seeing some green on my machine. It's hurting my eyes here, Eliani. It's all, all red yesterday. Today, was uh, we got some green, at least for a while. We don't know how long it's going to last. But it's, uh, is it... Is it the bottom? Is it the dead cat bounce? We don't know yet, do we? We don't well, know. We know nothing so far. I know. I don't understand how it goes up and down so much so fast. Like, well, some days you got more buyers and sellers. I, I think we're getting into some. Do we have Mr. Kevin? We do. You do. I think we. <coughs> here I am, and I, I'm here to say that as long as the roots are not severed, all is well. All uh, will be well in the garden. Um, well, mm. according to your your buddy Kramer, I like that. Who people somehow actually listen to. Uh, he claims that we have three problems. We have soaring inflation, we have the Russian-Ukraine war, and we have China's lockdowns. And all we have to do is solve one of the three, and we're back on rally status. All go. right, so this is sort of like baseball. If you can go one for three, you're doing yeah. pretty well. And what did they say? Uh, yeah, one, one of the three parts of the government working, and that ain't bad. Was that Jack Nicholson, was it? Yeah, I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, but I, I, I just keep figuring that, you know, we can go, yes, you know, growth has its seasons. First comes spring and summer, but then we have fall and winter, and then we get spring and summer again. If Jack Dorsey can channel his inner Chauncey Gardner, so can I. Um, you don't have the tie-dye shirt. You don't have the somewhat shaved head, and you don't have the big kung fu beard. I have a tie-dye shirt. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have the kung fu beard, don't have a tie-dye shirt, but I do have a Keith Moon shirt. Well, oh, Snap! <laughs> now, you know you're gonna get a. Yell yeah, I've, I've, I've got a really a really cool one that is the uh, um, the the four silhouettes from uh, Abbey Road, but it's just the white silhouettes on a black shirt. Oh, so well, there's how about none that? of the rest of the Abbey Road album is in there. Yeah, he was such a great so drummer. That one's not bad. I, I got a Beatles uh, New York City 1964 World Tour uh-huh, shirt. Okay. I actually did see the Beatles during their 1964 World Tour, but I saw them in Chicago. And you were about and you were about four. Um, trying to think of some of the uh, some of the other good ones that I have. That Do you have a psychedelic the Who so, shirt? You know, I can I can <laughs> I can tap into the culture. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm pretty damn hip in my old age. Um, yeah, but your issue is that you uh, unlike the people who were for the <clears throat> the Grateful Dead group the last time they were through here and underneath. Dude, were, everyone has a Grateful Dead shirt, and then I'd be like, "Have you ever listened to the Grateful Dead?" They're like, "No, I just like the shirt." But after you, uh, <laughs> over by yeah, you, I don't have a Grateful Dead shirt, but I've probably seen them ten times. I don't have a Grateful Dead shirt either. But your buddies, but I have the, seen them. You know, you know what my favorite one that I have is? Uh, I got a Funk Brothers shirt. Hell yeah! Oh god! You tell them. Um, but your guys own the parking garage over at uh, underneath the train tracks, Eliani, and they had about. Huh. Seven or eight of the old, the really old collector's item micro buses in there, psychedelic painted. <coughs> Guys were spending the entire weekend there, and it was about the kind that would get you pulled over and searched. Yeah, it would. But oh, yeah. also six times a day. But it was a solid ninety degrees that weekend, and I don't, I didn't see anything over there remotely resembling a shower or maybe even a bathroom. So I, I'm thinking it's got to be pretty grody under. <laughs> I don't know if I could join this group. I, I, 
The, the, is there showers optional with the, that operation or what? I mean, pretty much you stop at gas stations and you shower there along the way. That's what that's what people would usually do. You mean truck stops? Yeah, truck stops. Or, yeah, or gas station, whatever. You go to you go to truck stops because they're everywhere. Go to a truck stop. They have showers there. You just go in there, pop in the shower, and then you leave. I I see. Mm-hmm. Um, just saying. Certainly uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, I think it might be. Are there a lot of lady truckers where there's like lady showers there too, or just guy showers? No, there's there's like showers like in men's and women's bathrooms. Like they just have them separate. Ah. And a lot of these truckers, because I travel a lot with the band and things like that. So um, usually, if there's ever a situation, like I've only we've only had to do it once. Like we traveled to like the East Coast like one time, and we had to stop and go for showers along the way here and there because we were traveling for so many days. We didn't, we didn't get a hotel until we got to where we got to, and then we stayed there for the weekend. But yeah, I see. Mm-hmm. Well, it's uh, I get it. You know. Uh, are, are you, were you, are, is your band like my son's was, where you had a uh, you had your travel van for when you went on the road, and God, God only knows if it's going to make it all the way back. I think their last trip, they were coming back to Chicago from New Orleans, and it made it to about um, almost to Joliet, and that was the, that was the final the final hurrah for, for that van. Oh yeah, no, yeah. we uh, we do just we just we do shows like on weekends only. Um, so uh, Friday Friday through Sunday, or when when gigs are. So we can't we can't go too far too often. Um, but thankfully, I, I work in an office that is very gracious with my my music career. They're really supportive. <laughs> so if I have to leave on say a Thursday or something, then they're like, "Yeah, go for it." What? Um, uh, the, the, so that's nice. One of the dudes um, that I <clears throat> I was a janitor with. He was a, he was kind of a character. South Shore High School. Yeah. Uh, the um, he, he was kind of a Buddhist dude. So he was he'd be sitting there doing uh, like Buddhist, you know kind of things with legs crossed and hands out like you saw in Kung Fu but uh, <laughs> anyway but then he was a voracious runner but he also was a drummer that everybody would pick up when they came to town do, do bands not travel with drummers that much or what no we have our, our, our band is we don't um, a lot of bands do like substitute players that they have it's mostly bass players and drummers that they'll sub in and out but our our band is very we, ha- we actually do have a fan base so um We've the last time we replaced a guitar player was three years ago, and we only just hired a new drummer this year. So we're taking time off to train him now, and we're doing like photo shoots right now. We have a new music video coming out for like promo and things like that. So no, like we have like a once once we have a setup, we have a setup. It's very rare that anyone leaves. I've been I've been the lead singer for five years. Um, the drummer's been in that band for seven years. Okay. Um, so yeah. We don't we don't move people around too often. He told me it was very difficult to a uh, drum for comedy because if you didn't know the jokes, you didn't know when to hit the you know, yeah. Put yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, Kevin, we uh, before we oh, get into well, and, uh, last comment, I raised the drummer. Definitely, you travel with the drummer. Oh yeah, you do. Oh god, that's the heart and so that's the heart and soul of the. Uh, of oh the yeah, band. no, he knows he he does all the things. He's my financial secretary. He's my co-producer for like for like backing tracks and things like that. He's my everything. Yeah. Who was the guy that asked? Though was it? Paul McCartney or one of the guys in the Beatles <clears throat> was uh, Ringo the greatest drummer in the world and he said he's not even the greatest drummer on the Beatles <laughs> yeah but you know what I think he I, I, you know the, the longer uh, I, I listen to different drummers and, and hear it you know he was uh, he, what, what he what he never did like a lot of famous drummers did was he never took over the show yeah but he was incredibly musical and that's that's always the hardest thing there's a lot of people who will lay down a beat and and it will 
you know, it, it, it will pace the, the band and pace the music. Yeah, hold but the fort to down. really make your drum playing musical is a different art. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and you learn that in different kinds of training. You get away from rock and roll and you start learning, you know, some jazz stuff and, uh, and, and even some, some of the, uh, um, kind of classical, uh, techniques that you have that a lot, you know, a lot of people get when they're, go through high school music programs as an example. Yeah. Then, you start working that back into your uh, into your what you what you play in rock, and and it's so different when you hear that. It's and it's yeah. really a beautiful thing yeah, to hear. It translates really well. Was really, uh, where, where he really excelled is he, he he could make music with the drums, not just set a beat. Yeah, for sure. Well, because I saw well, we we all saw like quite a few really good ones. I thought, but uh, I always said <laughs> the best was. Uh, but when Ginger Baker, uh, <clears throat> I don't know whatever happened to him, drug wise or whatever, but he he, he played uh, Ginger Baker's Air Force, played at the uh, Airy Crown at McCormick Place, and he had uh, was it Buddy? Who was a big heavy set black guy? He had his own. He was a drummer in the band Buddy something something. Um, um. And, uh, his big song was. Um, changes. Let me give me some of those changes. Uh, what the hell was his name? Is that Buddy Guy? No, Buddy Guy's white. Uh, I think. No. Buddy, buddy guys. No, not Buddy Guy. You're thinking Buddy Rich. Buddy Rich. Yeah, well, Buddy Rich. Yeah. Um, th- this guy was big, huge guy. <laughs> but anyway, BB King. He, d- he didn't no, play drums. Uh, he was the big song was uh, "Give Me Some of Those Changes." Was a and they played that for like half hour, but it was pretty good. But he was a anyway. So they bring next gin- bumper music. Next commercial. Yeah. So they bring uh, Ginger Baker out. It was Ginger Baker's Air Force. He'd gotten into some yeah. really weird stuff. The guy had to be well. He's bigger. He's probably what six five, six six. Couldn't have weighed one hundred forty pounds. He like led him out to his stool, set him down, and he had he started drumming away, and he had like four black ladies out in front of him singing in Swahili. Oh! And everybody's like, "What in God's name is this?" Huh. Uh, anyway, it was sort of interesting. Uh, Kevin, we have to give a word out to uh, one of our finest. Uh, uh, went, went 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 to the other side the other day. The Mad Bomber, Daryl LaMonica, huh? Yeah, it's too bad, huh? Yeah. <coughs> Daryl LaMonica, the, the Mad Bomber, for those who don't know, Daryl LaMonica was a long time, uh, he was a Notre Dame quarterback uh, from, I don't know, 50s, early 60s. 60 62. And he was a long time quarterback for the Oakland Raiders, kind of before, uh, right before Ken Stabler. Huh. And, um, and and he was the Mad Bomber because he liked to throw deep a lot. Didn't matter what the down, didn't matter what the situation. But he had, did he have Cliff Branch? Was Cliff Branch after him? Um. I'll bet you he had some early Cliff Branch. Yeah, he might have, but he was, uh, he just dropped back and let him, that was, of course, uh, uh, Al, Al, uh, Al Davis's big thing. He, you, you want to stretch the field. You always want to stretch the field. And, and, and the Mad Bomber was only too anxious to, to, to go with that philosophy, right? He was stretching the field. He was winging yeah, the, the issue in those days, though, was, uh, you know, now you're not allowed to touch a wide receiver after five yards. Back in those days, you could play bump and run all the way down the field. So the corners would just get up there and start beating on the guy as he ran down the field the whole distance. You go 40, 50 yards down the field, and you're getting clubbed the whole time down until the ball's in the air. Yeah. And then when the ball's in the air, you can't touch him again. Now then it becomes Well, because you were considered, well, you really are, you were considered a blocker until the ball's in the air. Yeah, and, and so that's... It's always one of the things when when you see uh, people want to compare quarterbacks of different eras that gets left out of the conversation. They'll say, "Well, we've got all these modern quarterbacks who are completing sixty five percent of their passes." Well, yeah, of course you complete sixty five percent of your passes. Your receivers are open and not touchable yeah. <laughs> anywhere. So, uh, so 
so yes, you're going to do that. But when you know when your guys have someone practically tackling them uh, all the way down the field, it gets a little harder to complete passes. Well, that's right, and uh, I mean it's just all, it's always a little bit of a different game. It's never really the that's why those guys ran a lot. That's why the uh, you know you had a fullback. It was it was, it was just it was just different. Um, Kevin, it's uh, it's hard for anybody even to really understand unless you're well, even if you're in the markets. The amount of money we're, we're talking about flying back and forth with these market moves. I mean, we're talking about stocks that are somewhere down a hundred dollars. They got you know three billion shares outstanding. That's three hundred billion dollars in market cap that is being lost. Uh, you know, and, and now we could come right back. I, I don't know that we will that that much. I mean, we're down. I mean, we were down one hundred and forty in the spools yesterday, and now we're up twenty eight. Well, that's. I guess that's a dead cat bounce, right? I mean, I don't know what, what that is, but uh, it's better than keeping going down here, that, that part I get. But we have to have, you know, some of these firms, and I, I don't know what, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what you have to do. I mean, uh, is it ever possible to take one of the firms that just always is on the edge of the envelope? Can we just take them out in the squ- town square and, and, and beat them or something? I don't know. What, what, the... Uh, the latest is somebody. I, I think town square beatings need to come back. I, I, I really do because, uh, it, you know, for two reasons. One is, uh, you know, we might actually get some different behaviors out of people, and yeah. two is they're just a hell of a lot of fun. Oh, it's a place to go in the afternoon. Have a few drinks. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Get to get, get to, to go. And, and, and yeah. you know, when when your baseball teams suck, what else is there to do if you want if you want some outdoor entertainment? When they used to have outdoor beatings and hangings and stuff, did you get to bring it to go cup or? Uh, I mean, probably because there's nothing else to How do. How would you like to have like a, a you know a, a taco truck there? <laughs> but I, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm getting some stuff now where the biggest game is. Um, obviously, I mean, I think most of the listeners know that I have a securities firm and I'm a money manager, and, it, and it's almost getting laughable uh, at how difficult it is if somebody says, "Well, I got my money with pick a name, Merrill Lynch, pick, you know, any, anybody, Morgan Stanley, these people." They uh, and you know they, whatever. I don't, I'm not happy with this. I'm I'm, I'm put into a, a hole. I got sixty percent big cap. Whatever this and everybody. And I don't want to be. I want a little more attention. Suppose suppose they want to come to me. No, I'm saying not saying that's a genius move or not. I think it's actually a pretty good move. But anyways, this, this is not a commercial. But my point being is too late. Uh, is the ways that they take find a way to to keep people in there. They're now giving people like. Um, you know mortgages, and like against like trust money there, so the trust can like never move. They've got um, people buying, you know, essentially uh, giving them. A, I don't, I don't know that they're get, taking a deed, Kevin, where they're actually filing it. So I don't think it's considered a second mortgage, but they're giving out personal loans over the top of the margin loan if you essentially include the house in your wealth. I mean. Really, all that crap starts to happen, and we start seeing a serious dark market move. I'm talking forty, fifty percent. If that were to happen again, these guys are going to create a problem out of where there was no problem, other than too much leverage. How many times do we have to go through this? Is it every? Which is essentially what we did in the early two thousands, isn't it? Yes, yes, we do. We constantly do it all the time. I mean, this is you know, uh, you know, same song, different. Different lyrics or same yeah. tune, different lyrics. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it is. It is. But but it's all designed to keep you there. 
and one of, one of my friends has a uh, his uh, mother died. And there was a, there was a uh, trust, and the firm, even though it's not that big of a trust, refuses to liquidate the trust. They oh, you got ninety days, yeah, but the market's down like thirty percent or twenty percent in ninety days. I mean, it's well, it doesn't matter. We'll get, we'll get back to you. I mean, <laughs> really? They 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 absolutely will not. They they lock people in. You're not you're not. There's a million ETFs. Oh no, you're not in. You're not in the spider. You're in the the Merrill Lynch. I'll just use that name. I'll throw it out there. Uh, the Merrill Lynch ETF. What, what am I doing in there? Well, yeah. Well, we got to take a while to liquidate that one. What do, what do you mean a while? I mean, it's you. You can't get. They don't the the, the stickiness that they do with this stuff. But the point, Kevin, is it reaches. We're in a situation here, and I and I don't know why. I uh, let me just talk for a second here, and you can comment. And Eliani too is as as our young person representative. This this whole this whole concept of uh, the four hundred one k the uh, saving on uh, you know uh, type of thing where you're supposed to save up enough money pay off your house. This is the American way, and when you get done at the end of it. If you have a million bucks, which seems to have been the number, which of course we just went through the, the numbers the other day, how much people have in their, in their 401ks and it's nowhere near a million bucks on mean. Well, if you have that number, which most of the people that came here, uh, my original group of clients, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that's pretty much what, if you stayed with a company for 30, 40 years and you put the, the, the amount in for your 401k and you got a little bit of a match, Almost exactly, you popped out with a million bucks, you know, nine hundred thousand, a million one. So if you did the math, if the interest rates are supposed to be, you know, three, three and a quarter, something like that, risk free, that you go to the bank, you could come to PTI and just put it in, a, in a, an account and never even do anything with it. We used to pay that. Okay, you got your house paid for. You're going to get twenty two grand in Social Security, so you're pushing sixty thousand bucks, risk free. Uh, and that's the deal you made. And then uh, now nobody, nobody has to take care of you with that number. You get to buy a car every once in a while. You get to put, put a roof on when you need it. And uh, and uh, but now that deal is is gone. I mean, we're, we're not only not paying no interest. Is I, mean, I, I, I people have not gone. So one of these days, there's going to be a big wake up call here. Like what was it? Was it Aquavalva? A cold slap in the face? Right now, you if you've got that million bucks and you put it in the bank and you're getting nothing. At the end of the year, it's worth nine hundred thousand with 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 ten percent inflation. Next year, it's going to be eight ten. I mean, in the end of five years, you got like you got like nothing. They're taking the money away from you rather than than letting you. You saved it up to live on it. Does anybody have a clue? And then, but then it was okay. You sh- if you just were to put it in Apple, you'd be okay. Don't put it in the bank. You're an idiot. That's not that wasn't the deal, Kevin. I don't think that I got to find a stock. And oh, by the way, I better find the stock that's going up and not the ones that are going down. Now all of a sudden. Where are we here? Now the, now, the only leg of the stool that was hanging in there was the market is not hanging in there anymore. Where are we as a country? And what and what's with these people? Let's get them out in the town square. Well, yeah, I think so. I think we've, we've really developed a lottery mentality um, when, it, when it comes to investing. And, you know, where the idea here is um, you're, not, you're not investing to build a nest egg. You're not investing to build a retirement fund. What you are investing to do is to find the big kill somewhere, and, uh, and 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 you know if you hit the jackpot, you're great. And and I, I think we have a lot of investors out in the world who are just in search of the jackpot, and they might as well buy lottery tickets in many cases. <laughs> well, but it's not it's not like people aren't driven to do that. You've got your million bucks, and you put it in the bank, and they say we'll give you nothing. 
I mean, it's not, it's not like you have a, uh, you know, you're, you're a, um, you know, I'm sorry, how can I put it? It's not like you really have a safe alternative. The deal was you weren't supposed to have to take a risk for that. Because, because interest rates have been three, two and a half, three and a half for, for, for how many freaking years? Right? And, and now all of a sudden here we are. Well, no, that's not, that's not, uh, that, that's, that's not. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying, Tom, is we built a culture where that's normal now. And, and, and so we, we don't have a lot of, you know, part of the reason you don't have the alternatives is because there's not a demand for the alternatives. Oh, I think there's absolutely demand for a 3% savings rate. Which would it ought to be? I don't know. I guess we wouldn't know because it's been so long since there's been one. Well, but why should you? Get I, mean, I remember, that? you know, it was what five and a quarter, five and a half. That was your standard savings account. Not too, not that long ago. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, 20, I mean, five years ago. But, but no, I would say the risk-free rate is roughly about three. Um, so now, now you have. Um, but now, let's get a load of this. <coughs> what, what is is uh, not Trump? Uh, Trump, Tesla, uh, and Musk. What, now he's putting up. What, like a third of the dough. Now people are lending him money against his stock to buy Twitter. Gee, Kevin, what could go wrong there? When when when, when Tesla was down a hundred bucks yesterday, well, what could possibly go wrong there? <laughs> Forty-four billion dollars on stock. Well, clearly, we have people asking the same question. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I I look at this stuff, and I don't know. Do do people just? Not take a finance course anymore, or what? No, I mean, this this is this is financial insanity. No, it's hey, it's one of the good things that's come out of uh, Florida recently is they've said everybody has to take financial literacy course to graduate from high school now. Uh, wow, that's uh, you know, there, there was a, and there was a time when that wouldn't have seemed odd or unusual or anything. Now it's you know, it's it's you want you're going to what? Yeah. <laughs> But this is, I mean, when you start taking, what you, you said to people, I mean, there, there's a, there's a, uh, a, a flow in this world of a lot of things. One is, if, if you have a factory production, when you go to build a building, <clears throat> you need a bunch of stuff, right? Well, one thing, you need some concrete. Well, you go to the concrete guy and you buy the concrete. You go to the steel guy. You're going to go to the bathroom, bathroom fixture guy. You're going to the lighting guy. Well, guess what else you don't have? <clears throat> you probably don't have enough money to pay for the building. Right, I mean, not many people have that kind of scratch. So that you have to go find quote the money. Now, if somebody has extra money, because most of the people who have wealth have extra money, are also not the people that are designing buildings or designing factories. It's a different. Sometimes it, it might just be a different age thing. It might be a different skill set. Whatever it is, so you got to go to somebody with the, with the money and say, "I need a hundred million dollars to build this building." Just like I need X number of yards of cement. Concrete uh, and the guy, okay. Now what are you going to pay me? I'll pay you eight percent. Okay, fine. But the idea that 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 you never get any money for that it's it's as it's as as insane as telling the concrete guy that he that he can't charge for his concrete. What's the difference? I mean, but when we when we have something like this for such a long period of time, people totally forget the normalcy that there is. You know, I mean, I. I I don't know how else I can even explain it, Kevin. But there's a. Well, I, I know what you're saying. It is it, you know I, I hate to use the term the new normal because it just is an, such an annoying term. But there is a you know a, a different normal compared to ten years ago, compared to twenty years ago, and so on. 
Now there are, you know, there are also parts of the world or parts of the country where, you know, where the normal is different, um, and uh, so you know, it, it's it's pretty easy to get hung up on you know how people live in Chicago or New York or L.A. or you know any major city, and then how people live away from major cities, um, and and that's a for better and for worse thing. You know, there there are things that are that are really great about you know being in a smaller area. Uh, um, But in order for things to get that, as he used to say at Pullman, kittywampus, government has to be involved. You would never have zero interest rates for 20 years if, if just regular people lived. Because somebody would say, why would I give you my money for nothing? I mean, it, it's, it's insanity. I mean, but, it's, but whenever you do something like that, you have to expect that there's going to be a comeuppance of some kind someday. SP Futures up 12, NASDAQ Futures up 5, be right back, Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation of the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. 
To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, and jocks. stocks, and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right here, right now, right now, right now. Hello, North Bank Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom She's Eliani on the board. SP Futures now up only 14. NASDAQ Futures up 17. Uh, again, it's uh, it's better than being down, but it's uh, kind of a really... Uh, <coughs> Not much compared to how much we were down yesterday, at least so far. Dow's up about 250. Individual stacks in the Dow, uh, we've got Verizon up 1050, so they had earnings yesterday. We had uh, Microsoft up 1063. They were down last night after earnings, and now they were they were up 18. We came in, now they're up 10. This stuff is moving all over the place. Uh, Boeing, however, kind of disappointed at some deliveries. They're down. Uh, they're down. They're down five bucks. So we've got some stuff uh, moving in the Dow. Home Depot. Up two dollars, they were down pretty heavy yesterday. A lot of stuff was down pretty heavy yesterday. Um, over in Europe, we should be having a bounce there as well, but we are, but not very much. DAX up forty-one point three percent. FTSE up fifty-six point seven. CAC around up fourteen point two. Asia, Nikkei down three thirteen one point two percent. Shanghai up seventy-one two point five percent. Mainland China finally is coming back from the big losses earlier in the week, where they were down like five percent one day, two percent the next. Early in the week, we are only in the middle of the week, but this is going, feels like it's the end of the week for God's sake. Hang Seng only up 11. That's uh, call that flat. Uh, yesterday, these are the unhappy totals for yesterday. Dow down 809, S&P down 120, Nasdaq down 514. That's almost four percent. These are really, really big moves without any, you know, 911s or anything like that. This is just to happen is a is big number. Uh, bonds uh, 2.76. Uh, it's up one basis point. The Bund. Sorry, it's down one basis point. The Bund is up one basis point, 0.81. Japan unchanged at 0.25. Uh, one of the biggest um, movers here has been this dollar-yen with the Japanese Central Bank not signaling any increases in interest rates. But So the yen has been dropping uh, compared to the dollar. Well, it's back a little yesterday, I think, but still it's it's in one of the big movers. Uh, oil up 54 cents, 102.24, back over 100. Brent up 53 cents, 105.52. Natural gas up a dime. 695 still flirting with that $7 number. Arbob up 2 cents, 336. But gold, which has gotten hammered in this dollar move, on 3 bucks to 1901, it was 1999, maybe a week ago. Silver up 15 cents, 2369. Copper up 3 cents, 447. We've got Bitcoin up 648, 38,911. Amazingly sort of hanging in there considering Bitcoin is, uh, not Bitcoin, uh, Coinstar is, is just getting hammered and, uh, Robinhood is, so they're going to lay off a whole bunch of people yesterday. So a lot of the people that are dabbling in the Bitcoin are getting destroyed here, but the coin itself is actually hanging in there. What do you got for us, uh, Traffic Weather Sports, Eliani? Thanks so much, Chief. Good morning, everyone. Currently 6.36 a.m. on April 27th. Let's start with sports. Looking at basketball, Suns beat the Pelicans last night, 112-97. to It was actually a pretty decent game. Uh, Bulls will be playing the Bucks tonight at 6.30, so look forward to that. Moving over to hockey, Coyotes beat the Minnesota Wild last night 5-3. to And Blackhawks will be hosting a game tonight against the Golden Knights at 7.30. Moving over to baseball, uh, White Sox lose massively to Casey Royals. 
uh, zero to six with an opportunity for a comeback today at one ten. This is a home game, so if you guys have time to go check that out, go do that. Uh, Cubs lo- uh, lose to the Braves last night one to three with a chance for a comeback tonight at six twenty. And the Diamondbacks beat the LA Dodgers last night five to three, and they have another game today at two forty. Looking over at weather. Currently partly, partly cloudy in Chicago, uh, sitting at 34 degrees with a high of 39 and a low of 31. And Phoenix currently sunny, 69 with a high of 93 and a low of 65. And we have uh, some busy, 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 busy roads this morning, so let's get into that. Uh, we have traffic eastbound on 290 between the 290 east ramp and Austin Boulevard. Traffic westbound on 290 between Austin Boulevard and 17th with an accident on Jackson between Pulaski and Hamlin. Traffic eastbound on 90 between Lawrence and Lee Street. Traffic eastbound on 94 between Armitage and Canal Port. Uh, traffic westbound on 94 between 130th and West Division. Traffic northbound on 57 between West 119th and the 94 East Ram. Traffic northbound on 55 uh, between Route 53 and the 94 East Ram. So that's probably the biggest stretch of traffic we've seen in a few months. Uh, that's due to an accident at the 294 exit ramp. And traffic, we have more on northbound uh, Lakeshore between the East 18th and East Grand. And finally, traffic southbound on Lakeshore between Michigan Avenue and East Roosevelt. Every single highway. <laughs> wow. Anyway, back to you, Chief. We, uh, Kevin, we talked about... it be easier to just report where the traffic is open and free? That's what I thought yesterday. It's a, you know, I just, just a quick, I'd turn back if I were you, and that's the report. Yeah, the report is go home. Just go home. <laughs> Well, it's a uh, so Kevin. Speaking of, uh, you brought up the term the new normal. Uh, God, it's an awful term, but you brought it up. And uh, as the mortgage rates have gone from we had Nancy Ann on Monday, here we are on Wednesday. We've gone from what four percent to roughly five point five, five point seven, depending on your credit uh, score. And uh, and I don't know. That's back to to me, kind of somewhat a I won't say normal. I'll say historical range. All of a sudden, the demand for adjustable rate mortgages is doubling because people are convinced it's it's going to go right back down. God, Kevin, why are they convinced it's, it can only move one way here? Well, what could go wrong with that? Yeah, um, my God, you're right about the the financial. Uh, we need we need some kind of a financial test before people get out of high school. Of course, we probably could have a spelling test and a writing test and a language test on top of it, but. Maybe a civics test. Kind of, we had all the tests. We had a lot of people in high school for kind of quite a while. Believe me, I see the writing. <laughs> yeah. Um, as no, as someone you know, as a writing coach, it's real simple. I just tell people to make it easy. You know, don't 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 be elegant. Write for about a seventh grade reading level. <laughs> Short sentences, active voice, <laughs> and and. and don't use an apostrophe to pluralize. If you do that, you're home free. Yeah, well, it's a... Or or use a spell check and have, like, just the wrong word in there, but it's spelled right. Yeah, well, as long as it's spelled right, that's the important part. The uh, Or you could actually proofread it. You know what, though? As, as someone who's written for... And you've done it, uh, too. Uh, writing for publication. Um, I will tell you that if you're your own editor and you do your own proofreading, you can read it. Six times, seven times, doesn't matter. You're going to miss something, and then, yeah, and then you're going to look at it after it's posted, and you're going to go, "Oh crap!" Yeah, and then you go in and fix it. Well, our our, our man, uh, the, be- the beauty of living in the in this era is it's easy to fix it. It's 
not, you know, it's a lot of our writing is not committed to hard copy, so you're okay. But, you know, it, it, proof, it, proofing, proofing your own work is hard. Um, I mean, uh, you know, I, because I know I would never make such a mistake. Uh, our, our buddy Eric May says you have to read it out loud. I'll have to try that. Hopefully people won't be looking at me funny. Because he does yeah, it. actually does help to read it out loud. I mean, he does that for like a whole novel. And uh, that's got to be a lot of work. Because that's the only really way you can proofread it. Otherwise, you just gloss over the same thing you screwed up the time before. Yeah, it, it is really easy. Even even thinking back to my computer programmer days, the, the, there's a, there's a in you know an assumption that you have that you know like in programming, it's it's not my code, it's something else. And as soon as you assume it's not your code that's that's causing some bug, it's your code. Um, and you know, I think that same mindset applies to um, to uh, you know writing. Is you know you just assume it's okay. It's my writing. I'm good. You know, <laughs> I, I can do this. Um, Anyway, you know, it's it, you're, you're going full Fredo on this. I'm smart. I can do things. Well, yeah. Why don't the? But how 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 long can we? I guess there's a question we should have Doctor Doctor Blade on. How long is the mindset, uh, Kevin? When you say the new normal, how how long is the mindset on something like giving my money to people for free, like forever? I mean, what what, what is it? Five years? Ten years? Fifteen years? To where it's a point where you go, no, that's that's the way it always is. That's the way it's always been. I mean. Uh, even though it may, it bears no logic, right? And uh, I don't. Uh, I mean, is it, it how how does it come back to the other way to where somebody who's thirty five years old says, "No, I'm only I'm only going to a bank where they're going to give me at least two percent or something." I mean, uh, I mean, it, it, people are so used to not getting anything, how do, it, they've, they've forgotten the, the the fact that it makes no sense and just that's the way it is. How well, we we kind of go boiled frog on it, you know. Where you know, as long as you as long as you slowly raise the temperature, um, everybody um, slowly becomes accustomed to it, and it really takes a jolt to the system to make any kind of change. Once you get there, but I mean, if you so, anybody... I would say you know, I don't know when it's going to. I don't know when people are going to start looking at things differently, but um, but not anytime soon. Well, I mean, I. Well, well, let's quiz our girl here. Uh, Eliane, when somebody your age okay. go, goes to the bank and mm-hmm. and you put some money in there and you get, you know, as my grandmother used to say, scata from, for it, <laughs> does it does it immediately pop in your mind, hey, these bleeps are charging people like 30% on a credit card using my money? But is it, does it cross anybody's mind at that, or do you just put your money in there and that's the way it is? Well, I mean, no one's no one's charging me to keep my checking account, but I get—I mean, my interest rate on my credit card is up the wazoo. Yeah, you know, so and yeah, it does piss me off because I'm like, I'm I'm making my monthly payments on time. Um, like I just I bought a I bought a new guitar recently because I'm I'm picking up guitar again. I haven't played in like over a year. So, but I bought this really nice hollow body, this Gibson that I've been wanting for a really long time. I saved up for it, but I needed to put a little bit on my credit card, and I'm paying every month for it, and they're still charging me. I think it's like twenty four percent. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, it pisses me off that I get I get charged a fee every time I pay. Well, yeah, I'm like I'm like this is like this doesn't make any sense because <laughs> they're charging me a fee for not paying it in full. Well, how many people? So I make so I make I make the whatever whatever the I always, I always go above my, my minimum payment. Like for my car, it's four seventy five. I'm paying five fifty. If I'm making it say something that's a hundred bucks a month, I'm doing two hundred dollars a month, right? Because I want to take off some of the interest. But no, I get charged seventy five dollars. Every time I make a payment for not paying things in full, 
Yeah, well, it's yeah. so stupid. <laughs> well, I mean, it's interest. It's well, and and the thing you got to do on that is you can shop your credit cards um, and and see if you can find a better deal. Yeah. Uh, the problem is there's you know there's credit score implications to you know opening and closing credit uh, uh, accounts. Yeah. And there's also. Um, and I have amazing credit, by the oh, way. What I, do I, I have, want a, to say? I have a seven sixty credit score. It's called, you know, uh, um, it, it, from a marketing standpoint, it's switching cost, and, mm. and the cost to make a change is, you know, the the pain in the ass cost of making a change prevents people from doing it. Yeah, and and and, and they count on that. You know, the you know that that's that's part of the deal, and it's it's a shame because. Uh, if it were really easy, if all you had to do was, uh, you know, call somebody up and say, move my money here. Here's a new account I want to take. It doesn't charge me like that. It doesn't have the same number of fees. has a better interest rate. And you said, and all you had to do was do that, and tomorrow you'd be ready to rock and roll. You'd do it in a heartbeat. Oh, but yeah, no, it's, not. it's, it's impossible you to know, leave it, your it, bank. It ain't yeah. that easy, and we all have lives, and, you know, un- unwinding from things and, and winding back into things is, is a pain in the neck. Yeah, it is. Well, the, the weird part is a... Uh, well, there's a lot of weird parts to it, but say, say for instance, mm. I mean, everybody, everybody does this. We've never done it, but say, say PTI decided one day we're going to, we're going to, I guess, what do you do? You sponsor one, Kevin, a credit card or whatever? No, we're not a bank. Okay, so, so it's, it's, the bank is a better example, but say you were at U.S. Bank and that was your bank and you had a credit card through U.S. Bank. Mm. Now, how many people do you think have 25 grand in the bank? And that, cause that's their savings. They have, it's there for a purpose. They're saving up for a house or doing something. You know, by the way, they got a $6,000, uh, or even $5,000 balance on their U.S. bank credit card. So with their 25 grand, they're making, you know, 48 cents a year at, at 0%. And on the five grand, they're paying 20%. And they're actually a, a net positive at U.S. bank of, of like, whatever it is, 35 grand and they're paying interest. I mean, the, the, the stupidity of that, I mean, I understand why people do it, but the stupidity of that is, is mind-boggling to me. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 you know, wait a minute, now that's for my sofa, I just bought the sofa, or a whole new whatever, I bought for remodeled of the kitchen, so there's 10 grand on my credit card, and that's for the kitchen, and it's not gonna touch my savings, because that's for somebody's education. You, you're scalping yourself, for God's sake. Uh, you are, and if it's for your savings, that's one thing. There are, you know, there are, and, and you can always, uh, you know, have your credit card available credit for this too. But it's the old adage about, uh, you know, once you're out of cash, you're out of options. So um, you, you do have a, a people who want to maintain a certain cash balance just so that they can react to emergencies and things like that. Well, you like to be able Again, to, yeah. you know, it, I'm, I'm not advocating for it. I, you know, it's uh, it, being credit free is the way to go anytime you can. Well, I'm just saying you are you are essentially you're you're in the same building. You're borrowing ten and you got fifty. It seems like you're net forty positive and you're paying and you're paying interest, right? I mean, it, it, it's yeah. it's sort of unconscionable, but uh, so Kevin, what, what is when you have class today? Uh, I'm, I'm assuming you do, or are you guys on break? Uh, I mean, I assume, no, um, but uh, but I don't have class today. Right, but if you did, uh, in, in what what are the finance classes in your place talking about yesterday? For about yesterday, there's going to get some questions. Hey, what's going on with this market or whatever? I mean, what what are people? What, what are the answers? I mean, what, what I mean. Uh, I, I guess it's hard for me. I don't know a whole lot of people that are in their, in their 20s 
Are they already investing, not investing? Where's, where is our savings? Do they have any savings? They just have student loan. By the way, Biden's talking about getting rid of a trillion six in student loan. Are he going to print that money too or what? I'm not saying it's a bad yeah, idea. Yeah, our students are, are kind of all over the place in, in terms of finances. So, um, you know, the, the typical profile is not an investor profile. So there are, there are questions. I think you're going to, you know, when I get the questions, it's more things about, you know, what's going on with supply chains. Uh, is this going to get easier? Um, you know, I, you know, a lot of those kinds of questions because people want to know how stuff works. Um, I, I'd have to ask, you know, the accounting people because remember, we only, we only take them through their second year. So, um, you know, the people, there's, there's not a lot of advanced finance courses and things like that. We, you know, it's basically the business core and, uh, um, and the uh, accounting course uh, for for those topics for uh, you know for the, those subjects and um, and I, I I tend you know I, I've really gravitated so much into the supply chain world that I don't even I, I think I have one management class this semester and and that's the only business class I'm teaching anyway so you know qualifying it like that um, I, I don't get a lot of market questions I don't hear a lot of that kind of stuff you know it's uh, people are interested in how, you know, how the operational side affects the market. But also, you have to understand the profile of our students. We, first of all, we got we got a very very high percentage of students who are Pell Grant eligible, which means um, that they're low income students. Um, and and we also have a very you know on the other end of our spectrum, we have a lot of working people. So you know they're they're. In most cases, they're part-time students, and they have full-time jobs, and they have full-time jobs and families, and you know all all kinds of responsibilities. They're like the coolest people on earth because if you you're doing you're doing family, school, and work. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's a big deal. Uh, you know, and and they they really are, and and we have a fair number of first-generation college and all that. So our, our demographic is a little different. It might be you know if if you go to Indianapolis, it might be different. And we do get some students who who come out of um, like locally, one of the uh, um, you know the high end school districts is Penn High School, and and we get some Penn students who just you know they're they're very well educated and their families have money and they're just you know coming to they're starting with us and they're planning to go to IU or Purdue or someplace like do that. You have a, up. Do you have stuff specifically designed for adults? Oh yeah, yeah. My in fact, uh, you know, I I have a. Um, you, you know, I do some Saturday classes, right. my, my Saturday morning classes, and those are that's supply chain uh, to get our certificate and our industry certifications, and it's aimed totally at working adults. But I mean, there's not uh, is there since a lot of these guys, guys and ladies, uh, are essentially in their point. Well, you had the one uh, young lady on who was uh, had her own firm going. We met her for uh, in Chicago for a drink that one night. Uh, she and her friend. Yeah, she's a Notre Dame student, though. She's not one of mine. Okay, all right. Um, she, she was a Notre Dame student. She's now, you know, she and, and that was, she was in their grad program, their esteemed grad program, where they uh, it, it's a social, social entrepreneurship program. So, um, yeah, I, I, I actually I know Ellen from doing business with her. Her, her company is uh, okay. a digital leader and uh, digital uh, leader. It's an education company that aims primarily at high schools, but does some college stuff. And uh, I've worked with her on some blockchain training. Well, if I'm if I'm bumping my way up to whatever it is, supply chain, a distribution uh, warehouse, whatever it is, and I'm going to your place, I'm learning some stuff, and I get to the top, and all of a sudden, the owner croaks, leaves, does something, and two or three people want to buy the place. Is there some place they can come and learn about 
financing and running a place and accounting and all that stuff. I mean, is that is that yeah? You guys? That would be our that would be, and this is a really cool program that we have. We we just launched it about a year ago, an entrepreneurship program, and the people who uh, enter the program enter with a business idea, and they leave with a business ready to go live. Okay, but I mean, do they? Okay, that's really dope. Yeah, but but how does? I mean, I, I guess the. The, the, the financing, do they know how to, you know, whether they should borrow money, whether they yeah, should... Yeah, that's part of it. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's part of what we teach. So there's some accounting in there, there's some financiers, all that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. And yeah, and plus, that's really I, you know, cool. I, look, you take a class from me, it doesn't matter if it's an accounting class or not. You take management class from me, you take supply chain classes from me, you're going to get at least a really basic accounting hit. Um, even even my IT classes, because I always tell them, you know, if, if, if you're going to be in operations, you're going to want to have capital expenditures. And if you want that, you better be able to speak the language of your CFO so that you can get stuff approved. And if you're in IT and you want to play with the good toys, then you better be able to make a financial case for it that your CFO understands and will approve. So, um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, that when, when we talk about financial literacy, that's woven into everything I do, and now that I'm uh, functioning as the statewide chair for the uh, supply chain program, that's what I'm pushing to have uh, built into everything we do throughout the state of Indiana, because it's one thing. I can teach you skills for uh, logistics. I can teach you skills for shipping and, uh, uh, and transportation, but if I don't, if I do all of that but, uh, and, and don't teach you how to uh, prepare a financial statement to, uh, with your proposal, uh, and if I don't teach you how to negotiate a contract with a third-party logistics firm, and you know all of these other uh, skills, I don't teach you how to do a stand up and do a good presentation. Then I'm not helping you that much. Well, I, I've always thought that as much as I, mean, I don't know what the cost would be, but in some of the neighborhoods in Chicago where you you have real you know wasteland when it comes to education. That school should be open at night for the parents. It doesn't do any good to send the kids home if the parents are in the same spot. I mean, neat. and I think a lot of the parents would, would, uh, or adults, they wouldn't have to be necessarily parents. I think a lot of people older, over the age of 18 need some help. And I don't see how, why somebody's, not every high school, but maybe one out of four should have adult programs. I mean, the, 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 the idea is education, not just education up to a certain age, right? Yeah, and I think most of the adult programs you see are GED, which is important and 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 is is a big part of what you do. And you see a little bit of you know South Bend Schools has a as an example has a whole adult ed uh, uh, group and, and curriculum um, because yeah. I've, I've met with them about you know about doing some supply chain stuff for them, doing some logistics and helping people get. You know, who get logistics certifications because that's going to help them get better jobs. I think in Chicago, it's we're, we're all about saying, you know, we'll get you into middle class jobs. You may not be there now, but we'll see. We, we can get you into that, into the middle class. You want to keep going after that? You want to, or you want to, you know, off ramp and then on ramp back in uh, later? Then cool. Um, you know, we can help you get into. Uh, you know, one of the IU branches, uh, Fort Wayne or IUSB or Goshen College or Bethel. You know, any of the any of the nice four-year colleges that we have. But you know, the first step is just to get you uh, ready for a better job right away. Well, we we have some of that here. I mean, I, I think College of DuPage does a lot. I mean, uh, uh, Moraine Valley is, keeps expanding and doing much. But I don't see much of this going on in the city. I mean, I. 
there there are junior colleges, but I don't, I don't see anything below that level to where anybody's helping anybody out who kind of missed out on high school. You know, I'm um, I've got a summer project on my radar where I want to start meeting with some of the um, uh, area, you know, midwestern colleges, uh, you know, people with similar demographics to ours. And basically, taught, you know, start banding around what works and what doesn't work, with a, with an eye towards ultimately um, trying to uh, ha- have a, a regular working group that you know where we meet. So this would be people who don't compete with each other, but people who do um, have you know, the, the, but we all do the same kind of thing. And that would be like a Chicago State, and uh, it and um, it, it could be uh, College of DuPage, uh, CLC, College of Lake County. Um, uh, you know Purdue Northwest. Uh, you know some of some of those, and we'll see where it leads. But I'll be interested because I will learn a lot about what they do in the process. Um, but this is just me knocking on doors and saying, "Hey, you want to get together?" And then I'll I'll come over and I will say like as, you know, as and, and then I'll call you up and say, "Buy me dinner time." As an immediate resource, just in case anyone's like looking to actually like have like expert knowledge on it. really anything there's a there's a lot of online resources one that i like to use called skillshare and um it's like professors and like well-known like multi-millionaire people that like know what they're doing um that you know they can talk finances how to you know time management skills how to organize an office uh, financial skills uh, music skills creative skills it's 10 bucks a month if you need an immediate resource um if you want to learn how to do literally anything um that's a really great resource if you can't uh, afford to go to school. Um, that's something I've been doing for sure. Well, what, what, just in general, uh, this is a stupid question. Just in general, mm. if I'm just a, a total bleep up in, in high school, I, I maybe maybe I just pl- played sports. Maybe I just didn't show up. Maybe I I took COVID to the extreme and never went near the computer, and all of a sudden everybody's graduating and I know nothing. How, how exactly do I catch up if I want to? Well, your first your first thing is if you're if you're not graduating from high school, I'm assuming that's what you're describing. Well, you graduate. You have to go get your GED. Well, let's you, put you this way: have to get into and, and there's that you can do that for free. That you know every school system has that available. Okay, but I, in, um, in Chicago, it's perfectly capable. And I I say this because it, I know some of my buddies or their girlfriends are are teachers. It, you're, it's perfectly capable of here of having a diploma and knowing nothing. Then what do I do? Then, then you reach out to your community college and start saying, "Okay, I, I want to start learning some things." And uh, believe me, um, you know, not not everybody is great at this, but uh, you know, I am so used to uh, a, a, a large band of students, some who are very college ready and some who are not, um, and and working with them because what you need to do is you start building some successes and you can't do it artificially time you have you know people have to do the work so you have to hold people accountable for doing the actual work to be uh, to be a successful student but there's a whole lot of people that I need to push across the finish line and and that that's just the way it is that we you know that the whole idea is um, if if you're if you're willing to do the work, I am willing to jump into um, into the greatest level of detail with you that's necessary, and and we'll get it done together. Because once somebody succeeds in one class, they're going to do better in the next one, and once they've succeeded in the second class, they're really getting the hang of it, and they will do it. Well, people are not inherently stupid. No, I a agree. lot of people are just not experienced. 
Well, let's uh, we got we'll kick this around a little bit more on Friday. I just I don't I, I know that you can catch up. I know I suspect you can catch up in a junior college environment, but you're not. They're not designed to to redo high school. Just like graduate schools, if you're a bump in college, they're not designed to teach you your four years. You're supposed to already know. I mean, you can catch and, up. And yet, I I am able to help students yes. improve their skills in basic math and basic algebra so that they can do the work. So, you know, are we built to do that? Yeah, we have some. We have remedial curriculum, of course. Um, but, you know, does everybody need remedial, or do some people just need some attention? Now, do you have a rack um, for jacks? Um, you know, we probably do somewhere. Uh, Eliane, you know what racks you know, for jacks I, is? I, I kind of lose track of the kind of, uh, some of the general education stuff. That and those, are, you know, a lot of those courses are required. But uh, you know, we have. We have our recommended science courses that we have our, our people take, and it's it's not necessarily the hardest, but we don't intentionally avoid hard. Is uh, you know we, we're more worried about giving students a schedule that they can actually follow and stay on track to graduate, because mm. otherwise, you know, you get sort of this random scheduling, and now, uh, to, you know, you've seen it in in every college, the person who can go there for six, seven years and still not have enough credits in the, in the right places to get a degree. Belushi. Well, no, everybody had to take a, a freshman year science at Notre Dame, so the, the easiest one, and we got a dash, the easiest one was geology, hence the name Rocks for Jacks. We'll be right yep. back. S&P Futures up 19, NASDAQ Futures up 42. We're trying to come back here a little bit. Be right back, Mr. Russell Rhodes. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Here, right now, right here, right now.
Blown up back stocks and jacks. Time out. Eliani on the board. SP futures up 23 now. Nasdaq futures up 59. We're back trying to move move up here. We, we're sinking a little bit. We never, we've never been negative, but we're down as uh, as little as only up eight. But now we've come back to being somewhat a little bit more comfortable in the upside here. Up 22. Do we have Mr. Mr. Professor Russell? Mr. Professor Russell. By the That's way, you, title. you do realize that you, uh, I'm going to say six weeks ago, when you said you got out of the market, you pretty much gave the signal that everybody should have taken taken notice of. Oh, you think? Yep. Wow. Yeah. Blind squirrel and, and finding nuts and all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, well, even a, what's it? Even a blind squirrel finds an acorn every now and then. Yes, I do. Yeah, well, I'd still... I'd, I'd, I know we don't give advice, but I'd still wait. Uh, well, there, <laughs> there. There, were, there were two dudes and uh, yesterday. Uh, one was from... Uh, I don't know, one of the big banks that manages everybody's money. The other one's from uh, Cantor Fitzgerald. And uh, I haven't seen, again, I haven't seen too many people from Cantor Fitzgerald on lately. And, uh, those are that, that was my exact thought. When you said, I was like, wow. That's, I had, that's, a, you know, that's a name I just haven't heard in a while. Well, they got, half the place got killed in 9 11. Yeah, no, I know. Um, that was, uh, yes. That was pretty sad. I mean, uh, yeah, I was. Yes, they, uh, my, I, my coverage was. From there was there at that time. So. You, know, you know who else was there? Uh, who, who was the? I should remember this name, but I'm going. I, I'm supposed to be. I'm remembering so many names. The computer's getting uh, the computer that masquerades as my head. It's getting a little full. Uh, one of the vice chairman of the CBOE died in that. He was visiting, right? He was was he visiting Cantor? They didn't. Um, I don't think anybody from CBO was. Pastor Air got killed in the uh, attack, but SIBO's New York office was in the World Trade Center, but it was only it was on a very low floor. I thought there's SIBO. And, uh, and some some of the people I worked with in Chicago were in the towers when it happened. What uh, I thought they um, were in Liberty Plaza when I was on the board. They were, what? they were in Liberty Plaza when I was on the board. Well, I'm just I'm just telling you they were they the bit. They, the office was in the building. Okay, they must have moved. Yeah, obviously, because yeah. I, I, I left the board in 1998, so uh, mm-hmm. it, a lot of time to move there. But uh, no, he, he was not a SIBO employee. He was a, a former vice chair. Okay, okay. Uh, and he was there, a nice guy. Uh, you know, quite a bit older than than us, uh, mm-hmm. but still, I mean, he was he's, it was a wrong day to visit. Do you know what saved a lot of people on 9/11? Uh, it was the it was the first day of kindergarten for uh, so like a lot of guys were taking the morning off to drop their kids off at kindergarten for their first day of school ever, and that ended up being you know a, a night at least a good timing thing for them. Well, I'm, I'm not going to the word hero is amazingly overused, but one of the most quick thinking people that I did, that uh, you know unless you happen to have read about it. You would never even know if anybody's if anybody hadn't been to I, I've been to a new one, but the old one you had the two towers, but underneath the towers was an anthill of people and stores and everything. There were there were oh yeah the path trains from New Jersey came in. I don't know how many subways came in. I mean there were every store down there. If you forgot a tie, if you forgot a belt, if you forgot a pair of pants, you 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 could buy it down there. Everything on earth was available in that lower level of uh, World Trade Center because. When they designed the place, whoever designed it, 
in these big outdoor plazas. You remember that, uh, Russell? Mm-hmm. But the uh, Eliani, the outdoor plazas, because the way the buildings were designed, or in, I, I don't, you know, don't, I'm not a structure. You couldn't even on a, on a slightly windy day, you couldn't walk out there because whatever the winds came, they hit the towers in such a way where if it was ten miles up, normally, you know, the wind gets higher as you go up. Did anybody ever walk outside there? You couldn't. <laughs> it was it was so mm-hmm. blustery, so everybody walked underground. And I mean, there were mm-hmm. it was basically you know butt to elbow, and, and there had to be how many what twenty five thirty thousand people every, at any given second down there. I mean, it was. Well, it, it, it's it's like that now. Um, oh, it I, is again. Uh, the firm that I worked for up until a couple of years ago, we we were across the street from the new World Trade Center, and it's like an it, it's. Very nice, and it, and needless to say, I've run over there when I've forgotten a belt on my trips. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's the same but nicer. Well, but I guess when, when the first plane hit, and, any, and the first hint of, of danger, even though other people didn't seem to know whether what is it, what kind of plane it was, all that kind of, whoever was mm-hmm. in charge of all the trains coming into that area stopped them all. So the, the mm-hmm. they wouldn't let anybody get into that area like instantly. I don't know if the guy waited to, for the phone call. He just did it on his own, and uh, and so the the downstairs was nowhere near normal capacity when like the second plane hit and all that other good stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, anyway, but anyway, the, the story is they had two people come in yesterday, and the market obviously has had a hissy fit here and was down yesterday. You know, huge, and uh, and some of these stocks are down like Nvidia is down a hundred bucks. They got almost three billion shares outstanding. Well, that's you know two hundred ninety billion dollars worth of market cap in one stock. Uh, Microsoft is what almost four hundred billion from its top to here. I'm not even talking about the top. I'm talking about the top of this year to here. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're talking massive amounts of dough. And if there isn't some kind of really people knocking on the door and margin loans everywhere, I'd be stunned, Russell. I mean, I'd just be stunned, especially because a lot of these firms are finding even more interesting ways to give people margin loans. Uh, but anyway, the guy from Cantor comes in and he says, uh, well, long story, we forgot to tell you, Cantor was in the, what, the top two floors, so they lost, what, how many hundred people uh, of the first first building, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he comes in and he says, you know, we could be just starting. He goes, we're talking about companies that had, you know, 90 PE and now they're 60. <laughs> it's not like they're 10 or 15 or 20 or anywhere near a valuation people used to look for. He goes, there's a long, long way to go. And then, of course, the guy after him came out and said, what do you mean? Everything's cool here. These are, these are, we'll grow into these PE ratios, which is possible. And, uh, you know, everything's fine and we should bounce here. Two totally different points of view. But I was looking at his NVIDIA this morning because we have a lot of clients that have this thing and unprotected, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, we're talking about a stack that was, uh, 280. Um, let me get the exact number for him and I'll pop it out there. Uh, Traded 289 and 329, and here we are. What are we? We're 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 uh, 427, and the thing's 188. So it's easy math. You know, 100 bucks. Well, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's a real lot. So, I mean, we're talking. And, and now I looked this morning. Guess what its PE is? It's like 40 something, 48. Well, so it's not like we're we're down to 10 yet or anything like that. So, right. I mean, you could definitely, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I will not give anybody any kind of advice on how to trade NVIDIA right here, but, you know, at, at least recognize that it's not like we went from 20 PE to 10 to where you can buy it here and they're going to send you a dividend for, you know, whatever. I mean, there's, there, we're still historically in the stratosphere even after these few days. 
doesn't mean we won't go back up, right? Well, we are for certain types of stocks, but I somebody tweeted out the uh, the performance of uh, some stodgy dull stocks in 2022 versus, and NVIDIA was on their list as well, is, is stocks that had not done well. And there, yeah, we, we talked about for the past few years, um, the, the performance that we've gotten out of the stock market has really been concentrated in like Netflix and NVIDIA and names like that. Um, as of yesterday, these stocks were up with one exception, double digits percentage wise, uh, Berkshire, Hershey's, Johnson and Johnson and John Deere. Okay. Well, that's Johnny John's up only 9%. Well, that, that was sort of the, you know, the way it went in 2000, so, Russell. Remember? Cause I, mm-hmm. when I, I traded, yeah. when I traded the OEX. Went back to normalcy for old guys like us. Well, I mean, the OEX was the top, not even the top 500, yeah. it was the top 100 stacks, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, we we were up in 2000, clearly, and, and went down afterward, but it was nothing like, you know, Cisco going from 60 to 6. And the QQQs went, I believe, from 120 to 20? Yeah. But, they were down about 80%. Yeah, and I, and I think the yeah. S&P was, I don't know, I'm going to take a stab, 15 or 20. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't good, but it... It clearly no, was eighty, you know. Yeah. So are you thinking we're doing somewhat the same thing here? There, although, although, although GE sure got its ass kicked yesterday. I mean, on, on their earnings. I mean, all of a sudden these earnings are just not good enough huh, across the board. No. Yeah. Well, I thought GE was getting ready to split themselves into a few companies and start over. They've been doing that. They've been doing that for how long? They for a while. The, well, they got rid of the appliances how many years ago? They got rid of the light bulbs how many years ago? I mean, they're, they're down. They got rid of GE. They got rid of the network. Yeah, they get rid of G Capital. Yeah, and CNBC. Ah. Yeah, well, that's, there you go. So, what, what do you? Where where are we here in this? Uh, are we are we in midstream? Are we? Is the Fed actually going to do something? We've got the dollar moving wild against the yen. I mean, Professor, pick your spot. Where do you want to? Where do you want to start? Well, I think the the one thing that I, I found kind of interesting that I haven't heard a lot of people talking about is there's starting to be a feeling that Powell is not going to worry as much about the stock market anymore. That they realize to manage the economy, they they really need to be managing uh, the bond market and interest rates, and they just can't worry too much about what the impact is going to be on the stock market. And I think that is the, the mentality that is working its way into stocks and why stocks, yeah, to use a trader term, don't appear to be able to catch a bid these days. Uh, but I sure couldn't. Uh, well, speaking yeah. of which, what do you make of, without going into whether or not, you know, why, why Tesla's made as much money as they've been ranting and raving about their carbon credits for a week, so I'm kind of done with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now you've got, this could be, every time something, there's always kind of a big correction, there's always like one thing that happens, right? That people point out that that's that was that was a that was a straw that broke the camel's back kind of thing. This yeah. this incredible financing of Twitter by this Musk character. I'm 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 my mouth is open. I can't even. But he's gonna he's gonna pledge his stack uh, that is incredibly high priced that, that is only there because of of carbon credits. If you ask me, now all of a sudden he's gonna pledge mm-hmm. he's gonna pledge his stack and get. Uh, and, and buy another place for forty-four billion dollars. Now, Nader's saying even though he's taking it private, 
he would welcome investors to stay in the stock so he doesn't have to buy as much shares. I mean, what do we? Is this is this bizarre world or what is this? Well, I I, I I don't really think he's financially motivated behind doing this, and I might be completely naive on that point. But I I really do think that he believes we need you know to break a stranglehold hold on the information that gets out there and how easily it how it seems like uh, if the message isn't agreed with, there's a lot of collusion out there to make sure that the message doesn't get out about all the big tech companies, which really do kind of control the flow of information these days. Um, and I, 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 you know, again, I might be just a complete, you know, completely naive on this one, but I really do think that he thinks he's trying to do something for the greater good as opposed to making money off of it. Do you want to invest with somebody that is taking your money to do the greater good as opposed to making profit? Well, I, I, I don't, uh, let's, 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 let's back up to chapter one here. Like if you're, like if you're mm-hmm. writing, if you're writing an economics book again, what, what is Twitter? I mean, I, it's, it's, it becomes, it became this board where people could put stuff up there. Okay. But then it became sort of owned by somebody, which always was. Um, mm-hmm. and you got Jack, Jack, I just walked off the mountaintop in, uh, in, in, in China, uh, Dorsey talking about there's a, you know, the esoteric goal of the place, but the simple mm-hmm. fact is, if if Russell writes into the Tribune or the Washington Post or whatever, you can't, you know, say that everybody in the neighborhood should run over and, and spray paint Eliani's car, uh, because guess what? Mm-hmm. If, if the Tribune or the Washington Post puts that out, that's that's their paper, it's their distribution, and they can't say it has nothing to do with us. Right, because you're the one who put it out there. It's your paper. It's your ink. We're, you know, I'm going back a ways with that. So, so the idea of okay, so I mean, how? Do, what rules have there ever been about the Tribune not publishing something like that? Well, Twitter doesn't publish anything. This it's a it's a completely just citizen run well, website. Well, that's the point. They it's, do like a, it's like a bulletin board at the grocery store. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, but it, but it's yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, Twitter, it's Twitter like, you know, I want anything. babysit or something like that. It, yeah. It's like that. And the, uh, but the grocery store manager probably takes a look at the board at the grocery store every once in a while, and you know, if, if somebody puts up a little note card that says "I'm hooking in the middle of the day, come on over and visit," uh, they're probably going to take that down. Or if, uh, my pork chops are no good. <laughs> kill, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill the butcher. My yeah. pork chops are really good. I think the big thing for you to keep in mind, Tom, is that like trying to compare Twitter to like a like a like a publishing company or a magazine uh, company is not an accurate analogy. I, I, I think it absolutely is. How? Because well, it's not because they it's don't. Not at all. They're not. They're, there's not an editor looking at everything that goes up on Twitter. There isn't. No. Okay. If, if, that's, that's the big difference between it's, the two. It, no. no and you no, know what? Twitter's it's, it's not a publishing company. I don't think there should be. Yeah, there shouldn't be. No. So yeah, I think yeah, I think Tom, you keep comparing it to the Tribune. It's nothing it's not at all. You cannot compare this to a publishing company of any kind. Not well, even a blog. I'm not saying a hundred percent. But the not point even is, a, not even a little bit, Tom. It's not even I a little bit like a publishing absolutely company. Disagree. Uh, well, I would say the the the, the biggest similarity that's gonna come up is uh Musk thinks he's gonna be able to incorporate ads. Well, there's, and, there's there's already, and I don't know if that, and I don't know if that's going to upset people or not. Well, no, there's there's already uh, targeted ads on Twitter and Facebook yet. anyway. I, I can put, 
I can put my my uh, letter to the editor, for lack of a better term. There is no editor. I, I, that's, well, that's the point. At some point, do you need one? No. Why? Because the, the whole the whole point of Twitter is it's it's not a publishing company. It's it's a it's a oh place yeah, where I don't, I don't care it's, a, it's a place where people can just discuss things that they want to discuss. It could be absolute nonsense, or it could be about but, things like like vital matters, like things with NASA, or what what are what are different publishing companies posting, and then you can talk about it on well, there. Instead of thinking about it from that standpoint, think about it this way: What is not constitutionally protected free speech? Mm. It's the kind of stuff that you just said, um, you know. And I'm, I'm, I'm I got to remember they don't sell spray paint in the city of Chicago, so I got to pick it up on the way back mm-hmm. this yeah, week yeah. to to tag Ellie. I'll, I'll tell you where. I'll tell you where. But you can't. You can't. I mean, that's the thing is you can't. There, there is, uh, you know, there's constitutionally protected free speech, and me making some sort of asinine comment that I'm going to go do something highly illegal. I'm not even making a hypothetical here because I don't want it to get snippeted out um, but, you know, I can't do that and that's the old, and that's the only thing that I think Twitter should be guarding against yes yeah, it's, it's things like that but as far as like everything yeah. else goes you know and also like the thing is that Twitter like a lot of a lot of things like this too like what what publishing companies don't do is that because Twitter is open to the general public where anyone can post that anything even bots like whatever you people can post death threats or I'm gonna rape this person or whatever Twitter things like things like Twitter there's all there's coding and programming that's designed to pick up on language that's not safe for the public things like death threats and rape and things like that or that's not allowed on Twitter. So that that kind of coding is already instilled okay, but, in in the site. But, but and if you see something like that, it's real easy for you to yeah to flag uh, it for yeah, the Twitter to flag post. it. Yeah, it's really easy. It's 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 yeah. completely publicly right, so run. Now, right, so it's, now we, it's now completely we, run by the right, public. So now, but we're reaching a point now of who does the censorship now. I mean, no one. <laughs> well, well that's, you just said they do. No, there's, it's not. It's not a censorship thing. It's just trying to protect people. That's not, well, that no, that's not taking, taking down something that taking is down not protected as far as yeah. free speech. Yeah, that's not protected under free that's speech. That's not censoring. No. that is you know that's following the law. The guy at the, the, law, the, guy at the, grocery, you guys, yeah. the guy at the grocery store who takes it down, he does it because it's his board. Because yeah, mo- but this is everyone's board. The point is, it's never everyone's board. This is it hasn't been treated as everyone's board. Musk claims he's going to treat it like everyone's board. Yes. Oh, you guys are missing my missing my. my what I, is I, your I, point? My point is very simply that if if I want to use the town square, if I want to get my own website to say nasty things about people, I can go and do that. The minute I the, the Tribune helps me out by using their distribution system to put it out there. They're, they're, they're part and parcel of the deed. Now, it, the, the fact that people use Twitter and not just their own website is because if they can get something there, it, it distributes a lot quicker than if you do it yourself. It's a lot easier than writing a letter and putting it on the town square. They're, they're part of that distribution. That's why people use them. So for them to say that they are not not any part of it is is absolutely ludicrous. No, there's there's no there's I don't I don't understand how you keep comparing this to the Chicago Tribune. Okay, it's, you tell me. Well, tell me what they aren't. You tell me what they are. What they. Twitter is literally just it's a it's a virtual public square. That's what it is. Okay, but that's, it's, that's, but it's not because they're delivering no. it to the house. No, that it's literally it's literally a virtual public yeah, square. But, it, but it's not because how is it not? Because of ease of it, there's a big difference between. What do you mean ease of access? Anyone can go on Twitter. That's my point. Anybody can buy a newspaper. 
But no one's. Why would Why would you buy a newspaper? But a- anybody can't publish something in the newspaper. Yeah, not anybody. Any, not can anyone can publish it. Well, exactly. That's, well, that's the whole point. Can what any, is the point? <laughs> the, Twitter has no responsibility whatever. If somebody puts on their spray paint Eliani's car, guess what? Today it's spray paint. They have no responsibility at all. Yes, they, they do. They do because okay. that's encouraging illegal activity. Yes, so, it is right, exactly. Right, right, exactly. Now, so now it comes down to. The, the the illegal. Now, what does that mean? Illegal? Is it immoral? Illegal? Who gets to judge? Who's the who's the censor? Well, I, I think you know. I'll give you a prime example of illegal that didn't get taken down on Facebook. Um, Facebook was totally how all the um, looters coordinated all of their activities mm. back you know a couple summers ago in Chicago. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. You know, and that's the kind of cra- so should Twitter Twitter didn't do anything about it. I'm sorry, Facebook didn't do anything about it. Should they have? Yes. Yeah, I, I, so there. I think yeah, I, I agree. And, and it, and I know this is where it really opens up all kinds of potential problems. And I, I know I'm giving you an opening to jump all over me here. No, no, I'm not. I, I do think that, no, I, I'm going to go back to the, you know, the Supreme Court pornography thing. Where you just, you, you should just know that if something, is you know encouraging illegal activity or not? Well, but what I, the the thing I think uh, Eliani might be missing, even if it's egregious stuff, illegal stuff that you don't let on there, somebody somewhere has to make that decision. Who's the somebody? The people that are on Twitter, Tom. It's it, it's Twitter is run it's it's run exclusively we tell, we tell and exclusively by yeah we were we we have to rely on each other as people that are on social media to call each other out for these things. It's. Honestly, that's how it's run. So, like, it's, it's, so if, 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 I see someone, if I see someone on Twitter posting a death threat to somebody, I have the legal right on Twitter to flag that person and send it to Twitter, and then they can take legal action on my behalf. It's uh, that easy. It it's, takes two it's seconds. That, it's way too sloppy. It's not. It's really effective. If it was, it wouldn't be in the pickle or it. It's not sloppy. No, crowdsourcing is not sloppy. It's really resourceful, and it's really it, it puts the power in, in our hands to keep each other as people somebody, in check. Somebody somewhere has to make the call, let, the, let's, let this one go through or not, whether it's an algorithm or whether it isn't. Somebody has to write the algorithm. I don't want Elon Musk being that person, and I don't know who the person is now. I don't know what algorithm you're talking about. Well, we just said that somehow or another, if it's a death threat on there, something or someone takes it off. Yeah, we as people have to... Who, who's yeah. we? we? We... It's have, not an, it's not oh an algorithm. God, it's the, the, the users of Twitter... The users, like me. a couple like of me. buttons and we report... Like know, people like me, people like Russell. Activity. Okay. Yeah. And then a human being for Twitter goes, you know what? That's that a, is. I, I don't... Or, I don't you know, know what? That's not. I don't I mean, have a problem I, with that, but it, I, I'm not a major tattletale, but I have I have reported different situations in the past. Usually, it's uh, you know, like somebody acting like they're Dr. J and not being Dr. J. Right. Um, that's another thing that that Musk wants to do is he wants to make sure that people are verified. Uh, he wants to verify that accounts are not. You know that are they're real people. I would I I roll with that. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, so I, I you know, and the thing is, the, I mean, the best solution is not that one guy is going to get to control this stuff exactly. Um, but you know, that's the best solution that we have right now when so much stuff is getting filtered out. Okay, but uh, there's a, there's a guy that does great videos almost daily about how screwed up things are in China on YouTube, yeah, and 
he and 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 Google, who owns YouTube, I believe, mm-hmm. um, they don't allow ads on his um, videos because they, you know, they they just they flag them for having incendiary commentary. When really all they're doing is telling you how bad things are in Singapore right, right. now, or in Shanghai right now. Well, I, I guess whatever. You know, and that and that's the kind of crap that hopefully uh, Twitter, you know, will will allow him an equal playing field with everybody else that's you know, discussing the global you know, the global political situation. Well, I'm not. My intention here is not to argue. I'm just saying that there are a real lot of open items about all this stuff that need oh, yeah. to be somewhat yeah. resolved somewhere. And I don't buy the fact that, I mean, clearly if, if, if it's illegal in the newspaper, illegal, immoral, not going to happen, for somebody to take out a full-page ad saying, we're, we're rioting at Macy's on Saturday, come join us. <laughs> you, sh- you shouldn't be able to do that on Facebook, I don't think. Right. You know. right. And the, the difference is that's never going to make it into the Tribune, hopefully. No. Because no. uh, the, edit- the editors, there is a screening process before it goes out there. On Twitter, the screening process... Is the general public. ...happens after somebody puts something stupid out there. Well, they, get rep- they get reported, Russell, and here's tw- a- Twitter takes it down within, you know, pr- pretty effectively. I, uh, yes, it we, does. we got to break here in a second, but... I, I, I know what my, my argument is, is having an issue here with both of you because when something becomes way too easy, I mean, I, I don't have a problem if somebody wants, I guess I have a problem if they want to go loot a place, <laughs> but if, if somebody takes the time to go to 48 of his buddies' houses on bicycle or by car or walking or makes any individual phone calls, I think you, you got to have the freedom to go do that. I don't know that he has to have the freedom to, to, to make it easy on him, I, I get to go on Facebook. I get to go on Twitter. Is that? You know, I mean, here's the thing: anyone can do anything. It's e- it's easy to post whatever you want. You want to post something ludicrous or insane or violent or aggressive or just straight up med- like lies about medicine or NASA or whatever. You can post it, but there's consequences. And the whole point is that with Twitter, the beauty of it is that people hold each other accountable. Afterward, after it gets out there, that's not that's not good. Well, yes, yeah, so, but you're, you're saying people should have the right to post nonsense. They do, but there's a consequence. Okay, but I'm saying <laughs> you, you you can't you shouldn't uh, the the whether that filter should be before or after somebody notices. How it. can you that's filter something before? Easy. How? What is what's so easy about that? How can how can I predict what someone's going to do before they do it? When somebody uses your platform, I mean, if, if we put in you, what you, platform? Well, okay. Suppose the Stocks and Jacks platform gets, uh, you know, one of these days we we have two hundred thousand people following it. I don't, I don't think you'd be comfortable putting something there really stupid and waiting for somebody to complain and then taking it off. You'd say, "Hey, this is stupid. I'm not putting it on there." Well, yeah, but that's that's for me to decide what I do or don't do. But I cannot predict what someone else is going to do. Twitter, the the beauty of Twitter is that because people can hold each other accountable for their actions because actions have to happen first I, I in order for Let's go to Brad. I don't, I don't buy the fact that you can put something whatever you want out there and if somebody complains, somebody takes it off. It, to me that's a very inefficient system. It's a per, it's a actually it's an amazing system. Okay, well, we have a disagreement. SP Futures up 20 and has up 
143. Be right back. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities. They play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, everybody. Stocks and jocks. I'm Tom Eliani on the board. Mr. Mr. Professor Russell Rosewood. SP futures up twelve now. Only as that futures up only ten. Uh, we're leaking here. We haven't been negative yet, but it's uh, not exactly a huge bounce after yesterday's. Uh, I'll say fiasco. Uh, over in Europe, we've got uh, DAX only up 49 now, 0.3%. FTSE up 51.7. CAC round up 21.3. Over in Asia, we've got Nikkei down 313. That's 1.1%. Shanghai with a bounce. Now they were down, where are we? We're Wednesday. They were down 5% on Monday, 2% yesterday. So they're back up 2.5% today, 71.86. Hang Seng up 11. Uh, call that flat. It's positive 1% or something. Yesterday in the U.S., which we've been talking about all morning, Dow Jones down 809, it's 2.4%, S&P down 120, 2.8%, NASDAQ down 514, uh, 4%. Uh, bonds, uh, down three, uh, basis points at 2.73. They were, they pushed three, when Powell spoke last Friday, they broke through three for a second, we're down to 2.73. That's a pretty big move in a few days. Uh, bond unchanged, 0. 0.80, it had been as high as 0. 0.89 earlier in the week. Uh, Japan, uh, 0.25, they don't, they don't move anywhere, and that's, that's probably why the, uh, the yen is going down versus the dollar. Uh, oil, uh, down 52 cents to 101.18. Brent down 42 cents, 104.57. Natural gas up 4 cents, 689. We got gold, uh, down 20 cents, 1903, still hanging over 1900 by a thread. Silver up 15 cents, 2369. Copper, uh, 444, uh, unchanged. We've got crypto, 
That Bitcoin up 672, 38,936. Actually hanging in there pretty well, considering what the market's doing. Eliani, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports. Thanks so much, Chief. Good morning, everyone. Currently 7.36 a.m. on April 27th. Let's start with sports. Looking at the NBA, uh, Suns beat the Pelicans last night, 112-97. And we can look forward to the Bulls playing the Bucks tonight at 6.30. Moving over to hockey, Coyotes beat the Minnesota Wild last night 5-3, to and Blackhawks will be hosting a game tonight against the Golden Knights at 7-30. On to baseball, White Sox lose massively to Casey Royals last night 0-6, to with a chance for a comeback today, uh, playing a guaranteed rate at 110. Uh, Cubs lost to the Braves last night 1-3, to uh, with a chance for their comeback at 6-20 tonight, so look forward to that game. And the Diamondbacks beat the LA Dodgers last night 5-3, to and they have another game today at 2-40. Moving over to weather... Looking at weather in Chicago, I'm going to refresh my page. It is currently 38 degrees, mostly sunny, just a couple clouds in the sky. Um, We have a high of 39 and a low of 31. And uh, in Phoenix, currently sunny, 68, with a high of 93, low of 64. Let's move over to traffic on the roads this morning. Uh, we have traffic eastbound on 290 between Route 20 all the way to downtown, approaching the 290-94 construction intersect. Traffic westbound on 290 between Independence Boulevard and Kingery. Um... Uh, traffic eastbound on I-90 between Lawrence and Lee Street. Traffic westbound on I-90 between West Higgins and Lawrence. Traffic eastbound on 94 between Tui and Canalport. Traffic westbound on 94 between 130th and Tui. Traffic northbound on 57 between Route 83 and the 94 East Ramp. We have traffic northbound on 294 between the I-80 Ramp and the I-90 Connector. Uh, we have traffic northbound on Lakeshore uh, between East Oakwood and East Grand. And finally, traffic northbound on 55 between Route 30 all the way to the 94 East Ramp with an accident at the 294 Ramp causing the traffic to go so far out into the suburbs. And back to you, Chief. Yeah, the, uh, Russell, let me, without, uh, being, uh, Twitter conscious here, I just, here's, there's, there's a, a, I used to say in the Western movies, there's a burr under my saddle regarding this whole mess. And it has to do with, I don't, uh, you remember Jack Callahan? We don't, we don't know where we're going, we're almost there. Uh, and I, I get this really odd feeling that there used to be, and you and I are, are economics guys, and we like to see competition. And when you don't have any competition, you end up with some issues. And I go back to, and I know Eliane's going to say this is a dinosaur era. It has nothing to do with the, with the, the fact that they were newspapers or not. It has to do with the fact that there was some competition. You had four newspapers in Chicago. You had a city desk. You had two news stations on TV, a radio, you've had, you know, those kinds of things. You had all kinds, you had probably, what do you figure, two to three times the reporters you do now, doing uh, maybe more, uh, doing kinds of stories for things like that. And all of a sudden now you have this government largesse, which you maybe you always had in some ways, but uh, you have one company, uh, Amazon, where you have states that decide they're not going to charge taxes because they're buying, st- their families or something are buying stuff out of state now. If you know I get a a, a, uh, a parking ticket or a red light camera, they're going to follow Russell into the can if they have to to get that. Yeah, we decided we're not going to enforce anything regarding sales taxes. So Amazon becomes bigger than huge. We keep dropping papers right and left. All of a sudden he decides, well, I don't like what the Washington Post is saying about me and buys the damn thing. Okay, now Twitter, let's not talk about Twitter anymore, but... It's something. It, it, it is a it is a way to get things out there. However it works, we can argue about that all the time. But the fact is, it's something. It's unique. And now we got a guy who's where he is because of government largesse. The guy's gotten what? How many trillion dollars in carbon credits 
that nobody else got, you know, type of thing. And it's 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 the most ridiculous law ever ever passed. It's it's very inefficient, doesn't work. But somehow or another, the guy's getting four, five, six hundred million dollars a quarter. Checks some other companies. He decides he doesn't like Twitter, or doesn't like what he says, or can make it. Now he's going to use the money we just gave him to buy what what is now the leading edge news thing out there. I'll, I'll agree with Eliani on that. And he's going to change it from something to something else. We don't even know what. This is insane, Russell. <laughs> this is insane. I mean, to me, the whole the whole the whole idea of a free press, the whole idea of, of a free market. I mean. You, you can talk about it. I know you're a free market guy, and you know I am too. But when I hear some you know, some right-wing dude or lady talking about the capitalistic system and how great it is, and I'll say, I agree with you. What do you think ours still is? <laughs> I mean, duh. I mean, we, it's become crony capitalism. There's three, you know, in, this, in a lot of industries, there's three people in there with their nose firmly up the ass of government. It, it's going kind of the same direction here, Russell. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not... I'm interested, really, to, because Eliani knows way more about Twitter than I do. I'm, I'm not interested in how it's actually working or not working as much as I am. There's one place, and now a guy doesn't like what it's doing, and now he's buying it with money we gave him. I mean, am I explaining myself a little different where I'm coming from here or what? Or did you shut me off? We still have Russell? Russell? Sorry, sorry, I muted myself. Oh, uh, oh I muted myself. I thought maybe, well, maybe you muted me. That, that's that's no, I mean, I muted myself because I can hear you two talking during the commercial. Uh, well, then we shut that off. I told her she had an open. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to edit that out later. I hear me too. No, we so, didn't say anything bad. I'm saying that. That, that's my that's basically my bitch with this whole thing. I, where we where we're going with this? We're individual people mm-hmm. who have money with all of a sudden are buying our. Our news distribution system, and I, I, by the way, I, mean, I absolutely agree with you. Not not in what you're where you're thinking, but you and Russell were talking about somebody who puts really good work together about China. That used to be a reporter that got published someplace. Now it is yeah. no, that that that's. I'm agreeing with you in a different way than you think I am. That, well, I think- that guy should be able to have a normal outlet for all the work he just did. And now people are, he's being censored somewhere by somebody. And I, well, the thing is that... He's, being, he's being censored by Google because yeah. Google wants access to China. Yeah. So yeah. how I mean, that's, that's literally what's going on. If you, if you try to put a, a YouTube video up that... If you use the phrase Wuhan virus... In a YouTube video, they are going to penalize you for that. Oh yeah, even if you mention the word COVID nineteen in a video on YouTube, they'll they'll they can they can actually just take the whole video down. Well, I'm saying whatever, whatever it is, and this is where I'm coming. So, from. and and they're doing that. Well, and go ahead, Russell. You, know, you talk. I'm talking. And to I honestly, I I don't I I think that you know if Trump were still president, uh, the COVID situation in the press would be a much more negative thing than it is right now. Well, the, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think. I, I mean, I don't really think it got that much better. People are still getting it. I think I got a kid at home with it right now. Mm. Um, it's become like the flu, though. And, They've cut back to uh, as long as you're in the hospital, it's okay. That's the new. The new. <laughs> See, yeah, that's uh, so. Uh, you know, I'm, and and we had another kind of pandemic type situation that didn't get blown all out of proportion. Um, I mean, it wasn't killing people the same way, but we we this has happened. It's not like the last one was the Spanish flu in the 1920s, right. 1910s. Well, in Illinois, it, you're, it, it you're, just got blown up. And, and I'm not a big conspiracy person, but I do think that if 
you know, our information seems to consistently come from a bunch of like-minded people. There's gun. It's you know, it's like if you hang out with a bunch of people like yourselves and you agree on everything. Right. Um, you're not hearing anything else, and well, I don't want. I, I, I don't, I don't think I don't think all dissenting opinions, valid dissenting opinions, are getting through these days. So hopefully, Elon Musk is going to fix this with Twitter. So, yeah, uh, Russell, just say what you're thinking. You don't want Google owning YouTube. You don't want Bezos owning the Washington Post, and you don't want this knucklehead owning Twitter. I don't want any of those things, but you deal. You you you, you play with the cards you're dealt. And the situation right now is that, you know, the best, and this is really scary that we have reached this point, but you know what, and this goes both ways with us and Russia, we've got to depend on the good nature of one of the American oligarchs to, to, you know, to maintain free speech. A lot of people are depending on the guys that got rich around Putin to uh, turn on him and, and shut this war thing down as well. Yeah. We're relying, I, I don't know if we've ever relied on a handful of really rich guys this much in the history of the world. Yeah. Uh, but there's a comment about a guy who's vilified more than he should be, uh, J. Edgar Hoover. That when the uh, crash started, he went from big shot, big shot, people running these companies in those days, Mm-hmm. His comment, and uh, I, I don't forget the actual words. His comment was uh, in uh, uh, William Kennedy's book, "Freedom from Fear," was I've never met a more group of useless people, selfish people in my life, than the people who run these companies. And he, and he was of that class. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I'm saying here, here, here's the issue, Russell. I mean, on the economic side, for me, and I don't know if you, just on the economic principles, make make, make believe I'm making a test. If we have four papers in Chicago, I keep going back to that, and Eliani's trying to, do, and she's got nothing but dough, and she's trying to put some huge project together where she wants all this money from the city, and she says, screw it, I'm buying the Chicago Today, or the Chicago American, one of the four. I guess, I guess you know, I don't really have a problem with it, um, because there's three left, and by the way, we got The Economist, and we got a couple others, so we actually more like more like six. Knock yourself mm-hmm. out, Eliani, but... If we let things down to where the only paper in Chicago is the Tribune, and all of a sudden somebody who's pissed off at the way uh, they're being treated by the city buys the Tribune and changes the news, well, I got a real problem with it. They're the only one left. Well, yeah, but no one, no one's yeah. going to buy out anything. Like the Chicago what do you mean? Tribune, he just bought out Twitter. Yeah, but the Chicago Tribune uses Twitter. That's you know? not my point. So, you're, like, <laughs> I don't know, you're in love with Twitter. So, I'm not in love so, with Twitter. So I, don't, I, don't, I don't personally have but a I'm Twitter account. Whatever they are, <laughs> I don't even know what they are, but whatever they are, there's one of them. They're unique. If there were ten of them, I wouldn't care if this guy bought it, but yeah, there but aren't. Twitter's not the only social media I, platform. It's, 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 one, it's one of the big you're, ones. You're the third person that has had that. The president does not go out on Instagram. It, yes, it he is, does. He uses Instagram, he uses Facebook, he uses Twitter too. I'm he uses all of them. For most people right now, it is the leader, the lead dog. Mm, not anymore. Uh, but I have I've yet to do we have anybody that Instagrams into the show into the show? The what? Do we have anybody that Instagrams into the show? Uses Facebook to get to us? No. They all tweet. Well, yeah, the, so when they, there's when nothing they, Instagram about, when though. They talk, when they talk at us. I, what I, my point yeah, is... When they, yeah, 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 when they talk us, Twitter okay, what Twitter's I'm saying literally is just... It, you, it's a place you, for You dialogue. can argue yeah. that there's other newspapers in the Washington Post, but there's way less than there were 20 years ago. 
So yeah, what Bezos that- buys the place, he's got a leg up. He's, he's, he's stifling the newts. And I don't like to see that. Yeah, but this guy's not trying to stifle anything. How do you know? He doesn't even have it yet. Let's stop arguing. Stop. Russell, well, it's a Russell talk. You know, how does anybody, <laughs> know, what's in, how does anybody <laughs> know what's in the guy's mind? We have to believe what he's saying right now. Why? Yeah. Why? He said he was going to take his own place public. That lasted a day. Mm. Oh, you mean you mean the uh, funding secured? Yeah. Yeah, he had funding secured and it backed out on him. Okay, well. And he got in trouble was, with the SEC? Uh, he, he had, I think the Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund was going to work with him on it. All right, so let's get back to what people are more concerned about. What about this market? We're only up 13 on our bounce here, Russell. Are, are you with the guy from uh, uh, Kenner Fitzgerald that this is just starting? Are you with the guys that we're, we're down low enough and we're going we're gonna to move up and, and go up from here? I mean... I think we've got a waste. I, I really don't feel good about things for the next few months. So How much? I, I don't think we've we've reached the bottom quite yet. And really, I, I don't think the Fed cares as much about the stock market as they used to. Uh, from so, well, so if you're with the Fed and you're you're serving as the pleasure of the president, and you're trying to manage things that will make your boss somewhat happy. Um, if you didn't have inflation to worry about, you could prop up the stock market every time it sells off. But inflation hits individuals a lot more quickly than checking their 401k every month. So you're going to shift your focus. And to combat inflation, they're probably going to do some things that the equity market doesn't like too much. Uh, yeah. End of story. That's, I mean, that, that, there's my, you know, to, to make myself sound smart, there's my calculus around it. Yeah. Although I think it's just algebra. Well, from, uh, uh, people that run PTI, we don't have, we have a few people that have loans, but our people virtually, uh, I mean, we were a, a big option house, so everybody has to pay options cash. So we don't, I don't really have as much of a sense as I think you do. How, what is what is the margin level of all this stuff, and how much further can we go before we have a real leverage problem, regardless of whether stocks are worth it or not? Do we just? I mean, I went through like five stocks last night, just from the ones these the, the big ones, the the, the uh, fan, mm-hmm. fan guys, and I got us down like two trillion dollars just in those stocks, in terms from top to bottom. Uh, yeah, you uh, know, how many how many more before? At ten thirty every morning, or is it nine thirty? My brother keeps telling me I keep forgetting uh, that the margin calls go out. I mean, when are we having a day when, when all of a sudden, you know, people are selling their beloved Apple because they have to? Um, we're not quite there yet, but we'll get there. That that's the part that that's the spot I don't want to be in. Yeah, people, I mean, and and one of the reasons that I think we're we're when, when I see a tweet that mentions some solid companies that are. You know, that are hanging in there and doing okay, uh, that indicates to me that the, the panic, we haven't had panic selling yet. Well, the panic selling comes if, if somebody uses his, pick a solid company. <laughs> I mean, there, there's some out there, but, you know, whatever, pick 3M. If you use 3M, the margin from 3M to buy, you know, NVIDIA at the top, guess what? You probably got to be selling your 3M to cover the margin, even though you don't like to. Maybe. Yeah. No, you 
you initially you initially sell the things that that you're kind of okay letting go, but eventually you work your way into things that you really don't want to sell, but you have to sell. And you know, you know as well. We both know as well as anybody else that when you have to sell, uh, that never really goes well. Uh, no, no. And we have, and I really, you know, uh, like in 2008, as we kind of led up to the Lehman Brothers thing, you know, there would be some really nasty days in the market, and you would hear of you know a fund or two blowing up. We haven't had, really had that situation. I mean, we've had a couple of, I mean, a couple small, but nothing, you know, nothing that's headline grabbing that. The only information I get on that, uh, Russell, is uh, Mm -hmm. a few of the people that I, you know, we all were all drinking sarsaparillas at the series, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, A couple of the guys are in these really big firms that that are making markets all over the place. I think there's a few people. I I read that, uh, read, I heard one of the big oil traders maybe went out last week. You know, they couldn't remember the name. I think there are a few casualties along the way. I don't know if they're big enough mm-hmm. to make them. I don't. I think uh, some people have gotten clipped. Uh, yeah, I think in the commodities, but but within the equity space, I think things have been okay so far. Um, it appears to be. I, I, I have. Yeah. I've heard uh, that. Uh, well, two days ago, here we are. Wednesday, Monday, we were down. Tuesday, we were down heavy and turnaround had a massive turnaround. When well, the at ten thirty that morning, I don't know if you heard about it. Ten thirty-four to be exact. Somebody bought four hundred thousand shares of Q's, which is a lot of money, and followed it up with uh, was it thirty thousand or forty thousand of the May calls that were out of the money, and somebody sold that. And it, it let's put it this way: it was qu- kind of coincidental to the market turning around. Well, now we're down a long way from there. I mean, those, the, the calls, you know, they pay cash for those. I mean, it's I guess it's okay unless you borrow the money off something else to pay the cash. But I mean, somebody's down what? 30, 40 points in the queues on that 400,000 shares. That's a lot. Uh, I mean, we're, we were talking about really big money at, at these, these sizes. I mean, we're, I mean, for God's sake, we went from, uh, on Tuesday, uh, no, Tuesday, yeah, no, on, uh, was it Monday? We turned, Tuesday we turned around. Wait a minute. Monday we turned around. You're thinking around. last, think uh, you're thinking last week. No, no, I'm talking about this week. We had the big oh. turnaround was on, uh, Monday, correct? We were way down okay. and turned around. Well, I mean, if you, if you had bought, uh, you know, one future, uh, you know, at the, at the, uh, on the close or something Monday night, I mean, how much are you down, for God's sake? I mean, it, it, these, the, the, the movements are, you know, we talk about the, the crash was 500 points. Well, we just won 800 yesterday. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> uh, you know, well. I mean, we're, we're, I'm, I'm stunned when I, when I actually dig through the numbers, Russell, I'm stunned at the, the numbers I'm coming up with. You know, four hundred, five hundred billion dollars, billion dollars taken out of a company. In like, uh, you months. know, a hundred million plus taken out of just a couple of companies. I think yesterday. Uh, but it's not. I mean, it's like when like a hundred and twenty-six million out of not, a billion. I'm sorry, out of a billion. Of, uh, yeah, we're, we're, you and I are like, still talking in millions. Out of jeez, I can't keep them straight. Tesla. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was all down a hundred bucks, and how many shares they got outstanding? A couple billion, right? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, I mean, well, hell, it's a, you know what? It's over a trillion dollar company, and the stock's down over ten percent. Yeah, well, hundred. I mean, uh, we had Google was down two hundred last night, and so it's back being only down a hundred, but still, that's you know, that's four and a half percent. That's a lot. Yeah. What were these numbers? I mean, where did we go? Was it three years without a, without a one percent move, or two years during the Obama administration? Now we have a one one percent move by ten o'clock every day, and if we don't have it. We're bored. Yeah. 
you know, so lots what, of fun. So what do you what do you what are you telling people to call you and say what am I doing? What do you what do you tell them? I mean, I tell you what. I tell them. I tell them. I'm waiting for a twenty percent drawdown from the high in the S and P five hundred. Well, we are, uh, as you know, we do everything. And that's, that gets us. That's about thirty-eight fifty. That's kind of the number that I'm. Wow. You know, if, if I if I look down and and I get a little notification that the S and P's at thirty-eight fifty, and I'm the meet in the middle of teaching class, uh, I will call it a day and and go put money to work. What uh, What do you make of this Vix? The Vix guy. We only got a couple of minutes, but I mean, as you know, I run a protected uh, strategy. Mm-hmm. The amount I'm paying for these puts, I'm like, man, oh man, I almost, I almost don't want to be in the market where I got to pay for insurance. Yeah, I mean, it's no, and I, it's funny. I did uh, I, yesterday was the first day that I I taught uh, undergrads derivatives. And I was all over the insurance analogy, but also all over the, um, when you really, when you look up and you're really worried about the market, you're not the only one. And that's when insurance becomes a lot more expensive. And then you know, I worked my way into talking about the collar somewhat. Well, yeah. But, well, that's, and, but then, you know, then you, you, you might be gaining on it. You might not, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I'm looking at the, uh, I'm looking at the QQQs. Uh, I'll get, gotta get some more strikes here while you, uh, suppose I put like a 317 up here. Um, in, in the May 317 put in the Qs is, uh, well, let's say the 22s are like 16 bucks. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, we're talking, I bet the 17s are like $10. So, I mean, that's, it, it's in four weeks. That's a 3% carry on the insurance. God's sake. That's, that's like a lot. I mean, if it stays, if it stays, you'd, you'd almost think maybe I should sell these. That's a, that's <laughs> you know what? Not as a hedge, but you know. Well, yeah, but it, but I mean, it's not like we can't. We moved five percent yesterday, so it's not like it's well, mispriced. But, uh, I mean, it just what I'm saying is you're. It's, it's like going to buy the Corvette and saying, "Yeah, I can afford the eighty grand for the Corvette, but how much is that insurance? Fifteen a year, <laughs> you know that type of thing." Mm. I mean, uh, the, this is is high for a reason. At some point here, you want to you want to be the the seller of this, but you just said not here yet. Yeah, I, I it, it gets tempting, and, and um, I've been participating in an outreach and talking to institutions around really around the world. And uh, you know, what do you you know what do you think derivative wise might work this year? Uh, one group did say uh, selling way out of the money puts because uh, they seem to be expensive. And I feel like I should follow up with them after yesterday. All right, so somebody sold the uh, Tesla 920s yesterday, and now they're $30 in the month. How do those work? Ah! Yeah, that's a problem. That's true. I, I, I just, when I hear things like that, I just cringe for somebody. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, take care of yourself, bud. Good stuff. Uh, uh, what, uh, you, you're, uh, you're down there till next week, right? You're, you're in the midst of teaching? I'm still in the midst of teaching, but the semester's almost over, and I have never been counting down the days to summer like I am right now. That's because you want to get back up here in the studio. I want to get back up there and see you guys. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly <laughs> that's, right. That's All right, take care of yourself, bud. <laughs> SP Futures up 16, NASDAQ Futures up 28, back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. 
Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit hamzianalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again.